episode number 14 of Brutal Battle. So yes, I'm still doing these episodes, still having fun, and we're not quite to the Hoarder Society beers yet, unfortunately, but uh, we will be probably in the next one, and even then, though, it won't be only Hoarder Society exclusives that I do on these episodes, because there aren't that many Hoarder Society exclusive beers. So we'll still be getting stuff that Reserve Society can get, that Preservation Society can get, and sometimes that the public will be able to get at times as well. Now, before I jump into the first beer, I do need to give a little uh, apology if you end up hearing some piano music in the background. Uh, neighbor is playing music. Uh, that's what happens when you live in a townhouse, unfortunately. So my apologies if that comes through on the recording. Hopefully it doesn't, uh, or hopefully it sounds good if, <laughs> if it does. So going to the first beer, going to do a sour. That's what we're going to start with here. I'm very excited about this one because of the fruit integrated into this. Now, the brewery does, or brewery tier you in this situation, their sour arm, they do sour in the rye beers, and that's a sour rye beer. Now, a lot of the times they'll have fruit, well, all the time they have fruit added to it pretty much. So I had one recently on one of the episodes that was the coconut pineapple. That's probably been my favorite, but I'm hoping that this one can kind of overtake that because this is a wonderful fruit. It can definitely shine in a beer like this, and this is the sour in the rye peach uh, sour rye ale aged in oak barrels with peaches, and it is 7.2% alcohol, and the bottle it is in is a 750 milliliter bottle. So there we go. Let's get to it. I don't know if it's going to have like a, ooh, I already smell some peach. But it's like a tart peach smell that just like wafted out as soon as I cracked the bottle. Man, that's, I can smell it. I can really smell it. That's a good thing though. I mean, I'm totally down with that. So when I'm pouring it, I pour it a little bit agitated. It got a very large head to it, really. It's got a nice, nice orange coloration to it. It's very orangey. Can't see through it, but it's not like super hazy or anything like that. Um, I can kind of see like shapes through it a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, it's got a decent head on top. A lot of small bubbles, very foamy. Let me smell it. Ooh, oh my gosh, so much peach, so much peach. You get that lemony sour kick in the beginning like you get with a lot of their sour beers because they're usually relatively sour, and I'm assuming this one's going to be the same way. But you get so much peach, and that's a wonderful thing. Sometimes with beers, especially sour beers, uh, peach isn't that easy to get. I've definitely had plenty of beers by other breweries where I, I, I'm like, I'm supposed to be getting peach, I don't really get any peach, or it comes off as almost nondescript kind of fruit, but this is definite peach when you smell it. It smells so good. So it makes it smell like kind of light and kind of like juicy at the same time. And then you get the rye backbone of the sour, and it's got this little bit of a spice character to it, which I find that rye typically gives to beers. Um, great, great smell. Very complex, very nice. It's a lot softer in the smell than I thought it would end up being. I'm going to go in to taste it. Ooh. Whoa. Very sour kick to it. I remember that about their Sour on the Ride line of beers. They usually are very sour. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to need a few more sips to really let my palate acclimate, but I'm definitely tasting that lemon. I'm definitely tasting the peach. Yeah. And as my palate gets more used to this beer, I'm assuming the peach will start to become more robust and that lemon will kind of take more of a back seat to that. Mm. Okay. So yeah. Um, it tastes a lot like the way it smells. There's a lot of nice peach to it. There is that kind of like rye spice character that I was talking about getting in there, but that's kind of low level. The peach is very like light and juicy and refreshing, even though this is a pretty sour beer. Mm. There's a decent amount of that lemony sourness to it. It is quite sour. And if I let it get to the back of my teeth, it kind of hurts my teeth a little bit. I don't know if other people have that problem. Like I have a little bit of kind of like a tooth sensitivity with certain things. And sometimes with sour beers, it'll really set off my tooth sensitivity. So this one is doing that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's sour. It's juicy. But it's also, the finish is a lot softer than I thought it would be based off of how sour it is. It's mainly that the sourness is a lot up front, and then it kind of, like, washes away with the uh, emergence of the kind of light, juicy peach flavor and that little bit of, like, that spice character from the rye. So it has a better finish than it does start, in my opinion, because it becomes more nuanced of a beer when it actually finishes each sip. It's good. I quite like this. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to keep going with that. I'm not sure that Rebecca is going to want to drink a whole lot of this, so this might be one of those situations where I'm drinking an entire 750 milliliter bottle of sour beer, which is tough on my teeth, tough on my taste buds because they get, you know, kind of raw from all the sourness, but this is so tasty that I'm willing to give that one a shot. Mm. Okay, so the next one, I got to drink some water to make sure I'm cleansed well enough here. The next one is not a sour. We're going the opposite direction, which is, if you figured out this is kind of usually how I do it, I'll kind of pair them up with like a higher ABV and a lower ABV in each segment that I record. So this is the higher ABV. This one is Sunday Sunday, and uh, it's so it's spelled S-U-N-D-A-E, S-U-N-D-A-Y. And this one is also in a 750 milliliter bottle. Uh, it is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla and boysenberries. Now, pretty much every time I've had a brewery beer with boysenberries in it, it's been quite good. So I'm very, very excited about this one for that reason. Uh, it is 17.7% alcohol, so it is up there. Hopefully I don't really have any problems opening this up because it's uh, got a good amount of wax on it. Which, that's what they always do with these ageable beers. They make sure to put wax on it so that you're not getting any issue with uh, oxidation. Alright, here we go. Let's pour this. I'm sure it's probably just going to look like a Imperial Stout, most likely. Alright. Now. Plenty of head hanging out on top. Meh, a little bit of head. It's quite brown in coloration. Uh color. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like an Imperial Stout. Although, the head, it, even though it's brown, it's looking like it's got, like, a little bit of, like, a reddish tinge, which would probably be coming from the boysenberry, I think. Swirl it up. Oh, man. 
Yeah, you can see that it's a higher alcohol beer because when I swirl it up, the alcohol, just like the lacing on the sides, it comes down so slowly. Those legs are slow. Okay, I'm going to smell this. Ooh, oh my gosh. There's a lot of chocolate that jumps out me and, uh, ju sorry, jumps out at me initially. A lot of chocolate. And then it gives way to this very beautiful, very soft bourbon character. And I'm talking bourbon characters in like the vanilla, which there's also vanilla in this, but that's kind of mixing in with the vanilla notes of bourbon. So it's that big chocolate, then it gives way to the caramel, a little bit of bourbon booziness, that uh, vanilla, and a little bit of oak. Not a ton. Ooh, man, it smells really good. And then I get the boysenberry peeking through at the very end, and it's this kind of, it's almost like a jam smell, like a um, fresh boysenberry jam. It smells nice. It's like this cool little accent note on the end of the nose. Ooh, that smells really good. Mmm. Man, if it tastes just like the way it smells, this is going to be awesome. I'm going in. Ooh. Wow. Okay. I'm getting that alcohol burn, so this is one of the uh, brewery high ABV beers that is tasting a little closer to what the ABV is. But after a few more sips, I might not perceive it as much. Let's see. The flavors come together in a very smooth way in this beer. Nice chocolate note. Uh, then it gives way to that caramel and that vanilla, like I was talking about, a little bit more oak in the flavor than I was getting in the nose. And then it finishes with that kind of boysenberry. Hmm. It was very tasty. It's, you know, the, the flavors are not as robust as I thought they were going to be based off the nose. The nose is a lot more like strong, robust in your face than the flavor is. But the flavors, it's just like kind of light. You get all those flavors. They're basically on about the same level as one another. And it's just this nice kind of like transition of all those flavors. And it's light and it's relatively easy. But you really do feel that kind of alcohol burn going on. Hmm. This is good. So actually, the boysenberry, I was saying all the flavors are on the same level. Actually, after that last sip, the boysenberry is lower than everything. And like I was saying on the nose, it is just kind of like this fruity accent that's coming off like a boysenberry jam. I like that. It's a cool finish to each sip of this beer, especially after you've just gotten you know, a really nice kind of milk chocolatey note followed by the caramel vanilla, that little bit of oakiness and some alcohol. And then it's boom, quick hit of like quick low hit of this kind of boysenberry jam. This is a good beer. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about both of these. So, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just move on to beer number three. And this is one in particular that Rebecca's been very interested to try. We actually have two of these, so I'm hoping that this one is particularly awesome because then we have that backup bottle to go to and say, oh, do you remember how great this is? Let's enjoy another. Uh, and that's one of the things about a lot of these uh, brewery beers is that a lot of the times since, you know, they are a bit on the pricier end and they are limited at times too, so you can't buy a ton of them. Um you, well, at least I end up with one of a lot of them. 
So when we have one that's amazing, we're like, oh, that was so good. Unfortunately, that was it. Um, so, yeah. But in those rare occurrences when we get multiples of one that end up being amazing, it's excellent. So anyway, what is this beer? Uh, it is called Joyride, uh, and it is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with coconut, almonds, cocoa powder, milk sugar, and natural flavors added. And it is 15% alcohol, and this one was from 2020, so there's not really any age on it that's significant or anything like that. So I'm assuming that the flavors and everything should be pretty much on par for what it was supposed to be when the beer was released. Uh, and if you didn't get the, the reference to Joyride... If you look up the label, it kind of hits home the idea that this is basically supposed to be a beer take on an Almond Joy candy bar, which Rebecca is a big fan of Almond Joys. I also am a fan of Almond Joys. So, here we go. Oh my gosh, it looks like an Imperial Stout. Real dark head to it. Real nice and creamy looking head. I'm assuming that's probably from the milk sugar is making it look like that. It's almost kind of like a chocolate milky head to it, like milkshake. Yeah. Ooh, man, I'm getting some smells just coming at me when I'm not even trying to smell it in a good way. Um, alcohol is sticking a bit to the edges. It's not super crazy, though, not coming down super slow. Let me go in for a sniff. Mmm. <clears throat> A good amount of bourbon actually coming through on this one, which is interesting considering there's so many ingredients thrown into it. There's a good amount of chocolate to it. There's a bit of a nuttiness, which I assume is that almond, which is interesting because usually when we have nuts in beers, even with brewery beers, we're not really picking up on the nut aspect of it. But I actually feel like I am kind of picking up on that kind of proteiny nut quality and also a little bit of that actual smell of an almond. It's also a little marshmallowy. I assume that's from the vanilla. There is vanilla in this, correct? No, there is not vanilla in this. <laughs> uh, coconut is probably what that is. It's getting a little marshmallowy in there. Um, although I could be getting vanilla from the from the bourbon barrel. So, real chocolatey though. It's got a nice kind of low level uh, milk chocolate note going on in there. I like it. It smells smells. Not super boozy, even though it's 15%. I get a little bit of an alcohol stringency poking through. I do get, like I was saying, a good amount of the barrel from the uh, bourbon barrel on there. Not not so much with a lot of the beers I've had recently by the brewery that are barrel-aged. I've been picking up a lot of the oak, and I'm not picking up a ton of the oak in this one. It's more just like the vanilla, the caramel, those type of notes, which totally fine, especially for a beer like this. It's supposed to be very much like an Almond Joy candy bar. So, going in for a sip. Already, it's a lot smoother than it probably should be for 15%. Mm. Good amount of bourbon flavor. A lot of chocolate coming through up front, and actually it stays with the entire sip. A little bit of an alcohol burn in the back of the throat at the end. I'm getting some of the coconut. It's not super high level. It's a little bit. I am actually getting some of that kind of nutty almondy note. You know, I said I was smelling that, and I'm actually tasting some of that. That's cool. 
Um, the chocolate, when I'm saying it's like a milky chocolate, knowing that there's cocoa powder in there, it, that seems very correct. You know, in the flavor, not necessarily in the aroma, but in the flavor, it is very cocoa powdery, uh, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. This is good. It's, it's definitely a lot smoother than it should be for 15%. Uh, there is a little bit of that alcohol astringency you can taste on it. Good bourbon to it, the caramel, the vanilla, like I was saying, you know, not super heavy on the oak. Hmm. I would say that it is good, but I also think that I was expecting it to be a bit more robust with certain flavors. Like, all the flavors just be more robust, be more in your face. Not saying that the way it is now is bad. It's still quite good. I like the way that everything's kind of blending together. It's just expectation was that it would be more of like a flavor explosion. And it's kind of just more of, it's nuanced and relatively easy. It's not super in your face. Which, you know, a lot of people like that because then it's not overly sweet or it's not overly dessert-like. So... I think the um, the bourbon barrel is actually what helps keep a lot of that sweetness under control. So, you know, it's good beer. I like that. It is solid. And as I keep sipping it, I'm getting more and more of the almond coming through, which is cool. That's Like I said, with a lot of these beers that have nuts in them, it is usually kind of hard to get the nut. But this is really showing up, and I, I enjoy that. All right, so then we're going to move on to the fourth and final beer. And if you listen to the last Brewery Society Beers episode, I had a beer in there that was one of our favorites, Rebecca and mine, that we have purchased multiple times. And it's available in 16-ounce cans, so we can do multiples a lot of the time, getting whole four-packs. So this is another one of those beers that's in that situation. When we see it available, we make sure we buy at least a four-pack of it, because we've had it in the past, and... I don't know if we've talked about it. We've never had it on the podcast before, but I, we may have talked about it briefly on the podcast. But this is also in a 16-ounce can. This is the Vermont Sticky Maple, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with maple syrup and natural flavor added. And it is, th oh, sorry, 11.3% alcohol. So stepping down significantly from that 15%. Um, yeah. So here we go. And this one, this was also from 2020. Although, as you could probably assume, based off what I was saying about it being a favorite, it's been brewed uh, at least, I think this is the second time they've brewed it, or at least second time that they brewed it that it was available for us to purchase, I'll say. So. Now, one of the things that I, that I do need to let people know about with this beer, I don't know if it always happens, but we had an older vintage of this that we just had uh, the last the last can of recently, and it did have, like, I guess some people refer to them as kind of like protein worms. It had those in the bottom of the beer, where it's kind of like these chocolate worms that come oozing out of the can, and they're pretty gross to end up drinking. So in those instances, you just kind of pour out as much as you can until you start to get to that. And then I just dump the rest of it because you don't want that consistency really in your mouth. So I don't know if that's something that this beer does over a certain amount of time all the time because of what's in it. But 
Yeah. Just throwing that out there. It might have just been that particular batch or that particular can. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this definitely looks very Imperial Stouty. Uh, it's got a dark brown head to it, although it's not as dark as the Joyride's head. It is relatively um, creamy looking, though, kind of like the Joyride, and it's sticking around. Uh, as you can assume, oh, actually, it's interesting because it's coming down relatively slow on the sides, like it is a higher alcohol. It's actually slower than the Joyride, which is weird, because that's higher alcohol. I don't know. All right, I'm going to smell it. Yeah, there's a... Oh. Yeah, so you definitely get that maple. That maple definitely shows up, and this is an interesting thing, and some people may already be kind of thinking this, picking up on this. If you've listened enough to this podcast, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of maple as a flavor, especially not in my beer, but for some reason, the way this beer has been done in the past, the way the maple's integrated, I really enjoy it. So it's one of those exceptions beer-wise, that I quite enjoy. But you smell that maple up front a lot. <sighs> yeah. You do get a little bit of the bourbon barrel, but the bourbon barrel isn't super heavy in there. There's a lot of the maple, which is just giving it kind of an overall sweetness. There's also a nice uh, kind of dark chocolate note in there, in a contrast to that Joyride's more milk chocolate note. And there's a bit of kind of like an ashy, uh, roasty note on the end of it, which I like that smell. It smells good. I'm going in. Yeah, and the maple is what hits you first. It's very, very robust up front. And then it kind of, um, I don't want to say washes out. It kind of, you know, just kind of comes down in perception as some of those other notes rise up, like kind of a little bit of a caramel and a little bit of a vanilla from the bourbon barrel. You know, also that kind of ashy, roasty note that I was talking about starts rising up as well, and that dark chocolate. So all of those flavors start to go up as that maple starts to go down. So like I said, it's that, it's that immediate perception of almost only maple and the sweetness coming with the maple, and then it mellows out and those other flavors kind of come in. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting ride for a beer. I, I like it. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good beer. And I also like that, I mean, this is kind of weird to say, I like that it's 11.3 because it's sessionable as far as, you know, barrel-aged beers by the brewery go. That's weird to say, but, yeah, as, as far as they go, 11.3 is very sessionable for a barrel-aged brewery beer. Uh, I like that. You can definitely taste that. My alcohol perception on this is very low. I get a little, little, little bit, and part of that might actually just be because I'm coming from a 15% beer, so my palate's, you know, very used to the high alcohol there. Mm. This beer is very easy for what it is, but it's also very nice and flavorful. At the same time, this is a really nice beer, and like I said... That's kind of a testament to this beer because I don't really like maple in my beer typically. But for some reason, this just does it right for me. It delivers maple to me in a way that I can more than accept. All right, so going over the ranking for this episode, and then I'll go over the top 10 uh, Brewery Society beers, beers that have been on 
overall of the episodes. So my number four, still quite a good beer, is actually going to be the Joyride. Uh, that's the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with coconut, almonds, cocoa powder, milk sugar, and natural flavors added. Like I said, that is still very nice. It's just in comparison to the other three beers, not as good in my opinion. My number three is actually going to be the Vermont Sticky Maple, which obviously I've said I purchased numerous times and I quite like. I still quite like it. That's the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with maple syrup and natural flavors added. My number two is going to be the Sunday Sunday. That, I love the level of boysenberry in that beer. And when it warms up even more, because we've already finished it at this point, uh, you get a little bit more of that fruit from the boysenberry coming through. And it's very beautiful in there. Uh, very nice and chocolatey and vanilla-y and bourbon-y. Really good beer. So that Sunday Sunday is an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla and boysenberries. That is my two. And obviously then my number one is the Sour in the Rye Peach. And we finished this one already. And as that one warmed up, the perception of the peach just got stronger and stronger. And it was so awesome. If you like peach, if you like legitimate beer that tastes like real peach and is sour, this is the beer for you. And I know I said on the podcast that I didn't know if Rebecca would be into it because of the sour level. She really enjoyed it. So I was blown away. And that speaks to, you know, the testament of how good that beer is. So really it's kind of sour on the rye peach for her is like Vermont sticky maple for me, where, you know, she's not really big into sour that much, but this beer in particular does it for her. I'm not into maple all that much, but Vermont sticky maple does it for me. So, um, but once again, yeah, that's uh, sour rye ale aged in oak barrels with peaches. That's really good. All right. So I will say none of these end up cracking the top 10 though, unfortunately. I feel like the I was kind of close on the Sour and the Rye Peach, but none of them really uh, crack it. So number 10 overall is Chocolate Rain 2015. Uh, this was uh, consumed four years af after it being four years in the bottle as a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number nine is Chocolate Rain, spelled R-E-I-G-N. That is a double barrel-aged imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number eight is the Sweet Magnolia's Black Tuesday, which was an, is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with bananas, Madagascar vanilla beans, and Nilla wafers. Number seven is the Cherry Chocolate Rain, which is an imperial stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and tart cherries. And by the way, that reminds me that I feel like I want more uh, brewery beers aged in whiskey barrels because of the way that that cherry chocolate rain tastes uh, really good. Number six is the Samoa Black Tuesday, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut, cacao nibs, vanilla, maple syrup, and graham cracker. Number five is Island Time, which is a sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural vanilla flavor. Number four is Love at Midnight Black Tuesday, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple, coconut, and vanilla beans. Number three is American Anthem, which is an ale aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, cinnamon, and vanilla. Number two is Pistachio Vanilla Black Tuesday, imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pistachio and vanilla beans. And number one, I know I've said it before, I need more of this beer, the brewery needs to brew this again, 
Spicy Island Black Tuesday, an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple and habanero peppers. That is an unbelievable beer. They make a lot of unbelievable beers, but that is one that I think about from time to time and keep thinking, are they going to brew this again? And I really hope they do. So if anyone from the brewery hears this, can you get that on your schedule? Hopefully it's on the schedule for 2021, but, you know, do me a solid. Get it in there. Anyway, thank you everyone for checking this out. Please take the time to rate us and review us through whatever podcatcher you listen to this podcast with. Do the word of mouth thing for us if you really can. Um, And it's pretty easy to, you know, social media nowadays. Just throw it out there. Uh, Check us out on Instagram, Brutal Battle Podcast on there. Check out the website, BrutalBattle.com, if you want to get all of our back episodes. And also archive.org, you can just search Brutal Battle there. Send us any feedback or ideas or anything like that that you have, BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. But I do thank you for listening, and until next time, keep it brutal. I feel so-